0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the All In Podcast. As you can see, we're able to uh, to, uh, see us. We're doing a Zoom video call. This is the first time we're doing this. And there's a specific reason why we're doing this. Um, We have introduced a YouTube page for our podcast and for... Um, all podcasts that are going to be on the All In Network. We reintroduce the YouTube page and an Instagram page. Um, so so follow us on those. I am, as always, one of the co-hosts, Mike Badzik. I'm joined by Eli. What is up, Eli?
1: What's up, man? This one's brought to you by the All In Network. Yes, as sir. As you can see behind <laughs> us, got a got a new fancy logo for the network. Um, and we got some exciting things to go over today. Like the Obviously, we're doing our first uh, video podcast, where, which will be available on our YouTube channel. Yep. Um, for those of you, make sure you follow us at all underscore in underscore pod on Twitter. Um, like the Facebook page. We even have an Instagram page now um, for the All In Network. And that's All In Network, just all one word uh, for, I, for the Instagram page where you can get these updates and find the links to our shows um, and things like that.
0: Yeah, and we've also started to really cook up um, some articles for the website, allinnetwork.net. Um, and we've got articles we've both posted. Eli, you already had two on there. I just wrote my first one, so I joined the party. I was a little bit late after you. Um, and, and if you guys want to write something for the website, we're, that's kind of the whole idea, is that yep. you know people who want to have a platform or have a voice have a place to put it, and that's with us. Submit us something. Um, our email is dot in pod twenty four at gmail. Send us an article if you want to We'll review it. If it's really bad or we really disagree with a lot of it, we won't post it. You now if you if you if you write us an article about Trump's re-election, we probably won't post it. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, yeah, we do want to hear from you guys. So yeah. so let us know what you think. And even even if you guys want to start a podcast, let us know. That's kind of the idea of what we're doing. We want to give more people a voice. And a platform that's the whole idea. Um, yep. so today we've got a special guest on, um, Carrie Glover, head coach at Columbia um, High School in, in Lancaster, right? Yep, yeah, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Uh, Eli coaches with him there, uh, so they know each other very well. We were able to get him on and we're gonna just sit down and talk with him about what it's like being a head coach, uh, what he looks for in players, you know, all, all of his story. Um, it's gonna be really interesting to just dive in with him. So we're really looking forward to that. Um, so.
1: Yep, three time coach of the year uh, for in the LL league for his section. And he's been at Columbia for four years. Uh-huh. Um, you know, certainly one of the best coaches and and very honored to be able to work under him. He, You know, gave me my start in coaching as well um, and even helped me get into coaching AAU for a little bit um, also. So, um, yeah, Coach Glover is a great, you know, great coach, mentor and everything like that. So really excited to have him on today.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, let's do it. Let's uh, let's bring it in. So uh, here he is. We're going to bring him in now. uh, Coach Kerry Glover.
1: All right. And we're back. And head honchos here with us, Kerry Glover. How's it going,
2: coach? I'm doing all right, man. How y'all doing? Good, 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 man. Good. So go ahead, Mike. So, uh, we got coach Kerry Glover here. Uh, we
0: appreciate you coming on for sure. Anytime we have a, a head basketball coach, uh, we talk about basketball a lot. So it's good to have an expert. Obviously, me and Eli know our stuff, and Eli's a coach who coaches with you, actually. Yeah, uh, but we appreciate you coming on, man.
2: No problem, man. I appreciate you guys for the invite, man. Um, You know, I just – just something I love doing, man. But Eli, Eli, he's the brains behind the (laughs) operation. (laughs)
0: Exactly. Well,
1: that's a a shock. So,
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, we just kind of wanted to get started. Um, So, obviously, you're at Columbia, um, head coach. So, this was your fourth season, uh, Eli tells me, just now. So, kind of what was the process before you were at Columbia, and then how did you get connected, like – I know you were coaching AAU, kind of maybe talk about that. And then how did, how did that lead to the Columbia job?
2: Um, well, I mean, for me, it was, um, it was always a connection to Columbia because that's where my mom was from. So okay. my, whole, my whole mother's side of the family, um, you know, born and raised over there. She's a Columbia high graduate. So, um, you know, it was always a connection with, with me and, you know, my family and the town of Columbia. Um, as far as co- from a coaching standpoint, um, I was a uh, junior high school coach over at York High for um for about two or three years, and then I had went to Redland as the uh, JV coach underneath of uh, Coach Jeff Sparrow with his one year at Redland, and then um that's when the Columbia job had opened up, so I um you know I applied for it and you know was fortunate enough to be the guy that chosen to lead that program, and um like you said, I just got done my fourth year over there. So, I mean, that's just kind of really just how it went, you know, somebody who just always had always had aspirations of um, being, a, being a varsity head coach and even beyond, you know, one day working my way up to the college level. So, um, you know, it opened up and I was like, hey, it's not too far from home. Yeah. Let me give it a try and see how it goes.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, so um, – and then, you know, after you get the Columbia job, your first season, um, you guys had quite a bit of success – um, you know, we, we talk about this a lot. You guys had a lot of, like, senior leadership that you, you know, inherited when you took over that team. Um, so talk a little bit about your first season, how, you know, that went, what it was like adjusting to coaching, you know, new kids in a in a completely different environment from what Redland is, stuff like that.
2: Uh, I mean, honestly, I would say just the the, the basketball IQ and the work effort. Um, Redland, we had, you know, we had a, a few kids that could play, but just – having so many kids who wanted to get better at a, um, at a school that size was huge. And, um you know, that one year we made strides and we turned that program around um, tremendously than what they've been with the previous three seasons. Um, you know, so coming over to Columbia, I think my first year might have been the most kids that I had come out um, in these four years. And I think that year was only 25. So, um you know, even when you're talking about making cuts and things like that um, at tryout, it was slim to none. So really didn't have to do that. So that was my first time I really had to get adjusted to um, small numbers. Because even for AAU, um, which, you know, you've coached AAU with me for a few years now. Yeah. Every year we have multiple teams at each age group. There's just always a surplus of kids that come out. So going to Columbia, that was my first time trying to figure things out with small numbers. And making sure kids still have a chance to develop at the JV level, but also trying to trying to build guys up because at a moment's notice they might have to be pulled from JV and, and become a full-time varsity player just because of numbers. So, um, you know, that was that was the main thing that I had to get adjusted to going over to uh, to Columbia.
0: So you did have uh, a lot of success the your first year, and and I think um, Eli had mentioned that the program was kind of. A little bit shaky when you had taken over, so it took some. Uh, definitely yeah. took some hard work. Um, yeah,
2: yeah. Um, I think and, it, it was it was huge. Um, just having, just having. Um, I think for them, a new face is somebody that was just in love with the game of basketball the way that I am. Um, it was like a, just a, a breath of fresh air for them, so they bought in. The guys bought in, and we worked. We worked our butts off. Um, that first summer when I came on board. Um, we were we were in uh, Kirk Smallwood up in up in Harrisburg. We were in Harrisburg's uh, Summer League, their fall their fall shootout. We were at Spooky Nook for shootouts, we were at York College for shootouts. I mean we were we were all over the place and for them, I mean they got the amount of games that they played in the previous two seasons all in a matter of two or three months before we even had tryouts. So it was big for them just to get them on board. But, um, you know, I, I had the participation as well, even though we were small in numbers. I had guys that just really wanted it, so it, it made it a lot easier.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so so the first year was really successful. Eli mentioned before we brought you in that you've won three Coach of the Year awards. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, this past season was my was the, my third, and I was fortunate.
0: Um, so, I, so I don't know for sure, but it looks like just by looking at the records on Max Preps, I think the first year probably – the second year was a little bit down, and then the third and the fourth year, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm assuming. So, so kind of yeah. that second year where it wasn't going as well as the first year, mm-hmm. what, what did you kind of learn that year about coaching, about the kids, and then what, how did you kind of use that to, to launch yourself into the next year where you're back to the success you had in the first year? Did, was there anything specific that you learned or that you, you take with you now, looking back? Um,
2: honestly, not much. Yeah. Not much. Um it was it was some off the court issues that, mm-hmm. that um guys had to be um, dismissed from the team. And gotcha. they were, you know, they, they were leaders, they were leaders from a production standpoint. And um, you know, it was just shocking to what you know what took place, but it was unfortunate, but you know, at the end of the day, the rules are the rules and that's just something that um, you know, I always try to express to those guys like it's something that hey, can I, I can help can I can I help you, you with. And it's just some, and it's other things that are out of, out, you know, outside of my control that I right. just, you know, there's nothing I can work out and try to maneuver around. And, you know, academics and things like that is, is it is what it is. Right. You know, that's, right. some, some things just pretty concrete and cut and dry. And that's not even something that I would, you know, personally myself try to maneuver around anyways. You know, you know, the expectations from a, from, from a student athlete standpoint. And if you don't abide by those, then you don't, you know, it's, you don't want to play you don't want to be a part of the program.
1: So you know that was
2: that was really just my message was the same that it is every year like you guys need to stay on top of this stuff. I stay in constant contact with um our, our AD and the players, uh teachers and things like that. They they have my email, my cell number, they feel free to reach out. Guys have issues, you know whether, whether it's, if it, even if it's just sleeping in class or being late, or just being class I pop up I pop yeah. up i sit I sit in the back of the room, I sit beside their desk. That's just me um you know that's just what what I grew up underneath of, you know, in this old school mm-hmm. nowadays, but um it still can be effective,
1: yeah, and that you know just so happened to be my first season um you know when I came in so and and for me as a you know as a young coach coming in, that was a learning experience. From my perspective, because it's kind of you kind of learn like there's certain situations where as a coach, like it's out of your control, you know what I mean? And then um, it's the ultimate opportunity for you to teach the next man up, you know what I mean? Uh, Policy, which which every team has to have. So like preparing guys to play, you know, at the next level from, you know, from our JV guys, because like a lot of those guys got thrown right into the fire, you know, after that after that happened. So that yeah, was kind cool. of like my wake – that was my wake-up call as an assistant. Like, okay, I need to – I think like next year, I need to focus more on developing these guys so they're ready for varsity because I, I think, you know, not that they weren't prepared, you know, to play, uh, you know, physically. I think, you know, they we just – we kind of ran different things with JV than what varsity was doing, and when that happened, it didn't suit them. So then I, I you know, I kind of changed my approach. I'm like, all right, these guys need to – know what varsity's doing at all times you know so that you know whatever happens they're at least ready to you know step in and contribute somewhat and at least be on the same page
2: yeah yeah um i mean i think that was that was just something that i think we all pretty much took in stride and it paid off um some of the guys who are leaders of the team this season and you know um next season they were the ones that got thrown into the fire um you know It was unfortunate because we had we did we had some really high hopes for that um that group my second year but mm-hmm. um you know things turned out how they turned out but guys, guys they got planning experience and they understood what it what it took to be effective and productive at the varsity level and um I you know it paid it paid awesome.
1: Yeah. And how much those guys have grown since then has been ridiculous. Like, you know, you talk about like Mike and and, and Ryan Redding. You know what I mean? Uh, and some of the other guys that, that got thrown, in, even, you know, back at the time, um Azure, you know, who who ended up going up and, and playing varsity minutes, they they competed in some in some tough games and showed a lot of heart. And then those guys who were fortunate enough, you know, to come back, their games soared over the last two years after, you know, they got thrown in the fire. So ultimately, I think it ended up being like, You know, you learn from everything, but I think ultimately it actually ended up helping us out as far as like developing guys, you know, for the future.
2: Right, right. I agree with that one hundred percent, man.
1: How did you guys link up, Coop? How did
2: how
0: did Coop end up as your JV coach? He's a
2: Cooper, man. (laughs) (laughs) The name the name speaks for itself, man. Yeah. Um, but uh, Coop is he's he's always been one of my guys, and just watching him come up. Um, I'm 36. I'm a little older, uh, but watching him come up, always respected his approach and, and the way he played the games and his demeanor. And that's something that um, that I've always took pride in controlling and maintaining myself. Yeah. So um, you know, when I actually first started coaching, was in the um, the York Youth League when I was in 11th grade because the rules the rules were kind of funny. Um, if you played varsity basketball. You couldn't play in in the, in that league. so. Um, but, you know, a bunch of my boys weren't playing varsity basketball as 10th graders, so that was where I hung out at after practice. And, um, you know, so I just hung around, and next thing I know, one of the coaches for a team there didn't show up, and I ended up being the head coach for one of the 11- to 13-year-old division teams um, as a 10th grader. So that was actually when I first started coaching. So then from there, it was just something that, you know, I did for a couple years and then a few years after that, maybe I'm gonna say three, maybe four years after that, um his dad, Rob Coop, uh, Rob Cooper, he pulled me the pulled me out to coach um the the, the you know, the, the man the myth the legend himself, man. He pulled me <laughs> he pulled me out and that was my first time coaching AAU. So some of the guys that I had coached in the youth league and for um York Boys Club ended up just we, transition right into AAU and that was, you know, back when AAU was like big deal. Especially yeah. here in York. It was one of the, you know, first first programs in this area and one of the better programs in Central PA. So, you know, we were always would be in Philly and Chester and Delaware, New Jersey, things like that. And um that was when I that was how I got my first taste of AAU and I you know, I might have been nineteen, twenty years old. But um, it opened my eyes, and that's what made me really go from you know enjoying coaching and just you know being around the game to falling in love with it. So it was just different. It was different. But that was you know that, that was that was how I, you know I got connected to you know AAU and the Cooper family. And you know he's always you know like I say it all the time. That's that's my OG man. He's one of the guys yeah. that i really thank a lot because if it wasn't if it wasn't for him, man, for Rodney Washington, I wouldn't be coaching. Honestly, I wouldn't be coaching at all. So, um, you know, when I when I had got the opportunity to build my own staff, he was one of the first guys that I had reached out to. And because I know what he brings to the table, I know his IQ, I know his passion for the game, and um, even more importantly, like he's related. He, he can relate to the kids. You know, he makes everything relatable, and they can understand. They can understand things when it's coming from him. You know, um, I have another guy on the staff who's like my right hand man. Um, Coach, Coach Rondell King, he's like the – he's the clown. He cracks all the jokes. <laughs> and he, he, keeps the, he keeps the environment and the atmosphere, you know, um, steady. But uh, when it comes down for, like, games and stuff, like, he's just, like, no-nonsense. Coop is, like – I look at both of them all the time, listen to what they have to say before games at halftime and things like that. And um, yeah. Coop is, like – Coop is the – He's the he's the calmness. He, he he keeps us calm. He keeps us level-headed. Sometimes I'm like, get his ass out the game. Like, like, you know, he, he he understands. He, he helps me and he helps the players. You know, buy a couple extra possessions and we yeah. see if it goes in our favor or, or not. Um, and, and you need that. You know, I mean, you need. He's not a yes man. Um, so you know, every staff that that's I think that's the worst possible staff that a that a, that a head coach right. could have a bunch of yes men because it's like you're never gonna grow. You know, every game, every week, every month, every season I always take a look back and see, you know, or listen to some things that Coop might have said, some things that uh Coach King might have said, and it just helps me uh, you know, grow and make sure I get better next time out. Yeah. That's awesome. High praise for you,
1: Eli. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Yeah, he's a, he's definitely
2: a gem, man. I'm trying to I'm trying that's to awesome. hold on. I'm trying to hold on at least here, man. But I, I know I know opportunity is going to come calling, man. And um, you know, I can't be mad at it. I just yeah. want to be, at least get, get at least get one district vote out of him before he goes on to play.
1: <laughs> that's the goal. I we we need that district title this year, man. That's that's, that's the goal it. this year.
0: That's it. So um let's kind of keep it then with with Coop and with your other assistants. So I don't know if you I don't know if you know this Kerry, but so I live in Akron um Ohio. So I well, googled go, I googled you to kind of get some info and the first thing that pops up when I when I search Kerry Glover um New York PA is lucky to be alive Columbia boys hoops coach uh continues recuperation from October car accident. So yeah. That, obviously, was a huge deal, right? You have this car incident. I don't know if you want to talk about that at all or not. But you you had to miss the beginning of this season, kind of. What was it like kind of having to turn your team over to your assistants, at least for a time you can't be as involved as you'd like to
2: be? Um, yeah, I hated my hand. It was different. Yeah. I, I, I just I like to be involved. I like to be, like, really, like, hands-on. Right. Um, But – Like I said, um, Coop is a hidden gem and just anybody that I felt like I could trust, you know, leading leading off-season open gyms or taking over in practice and things like that, um, it was him, definitely. So, you know, with the accident and everything that took place, it was like we were close to winding down open gyms. We still had a few left to give the guys a week or two off before tryouts. And then um, it it was like the first October 10th, to be exact. Um, that took place, and it was what? just a shock because I had no idea what to expect next. Um, I honestly didn't even think that I was going to be able to um, you know, get back on track and um, you know, start coaching as soon as I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly jumped in a little too early. I paid for it. I paid for that physical therapy, but I never mm-hmm. let my guys know. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I was just, yeah. I, you know, just a, I just didn't want them to to, to to be uh, you know, worried about me and things like that. But, you know, I was in so much pain and just things just weren't, you know, broke broke, broke some ribs, broke uh, broke my lower back in a couple of different places. Yes. Um, and then uh, I think the, mo- the the toughest part was mentally for me, just trying to overcome that and going to physical therapy on a daily basis for a couple hours a day. And then not being able to drive and do much on my own, um, you know, getting dropped off from Coop and Coach King after, after practice and things like that. Um, it was just different for me because, like I, I grew up fast. I moved mm-hmm. out of my mother's house at 15, 16 years old, and got wow. my, and, and and moved into my first apartment. So, I've you know I've felt like I was a man for um quite some time. So having to depend on a lot of people, um, it was kind of depressing, and, and you know it was something I had to get through myself. But on the flip side, it also showed um you know that people a lot of people had. Some real genuine love for me, and you know, I, and that's something that I'll never take for granted. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, man. It was, it was tough. It was, yeah, it was, it it was tough, man. Um, it was different. Yeah, it, it really was. It was different, and I think it. And I, for me, I just didn't want to take. I didn't want to take away from the kids and, and what they were trying to get accomplished. But it was tough when you know reporters were coming to the games and. Asking questions and going really yeah. stuff like practice and things like that, and I was like, "Oh man, again, right? Again, but I, again, I didn't want to seem ungrateful, so you know, I gave them gave him all a good time, but it was about the guys, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, for me personally, I, I'll never forget the day that I found out, which was on you know Facebook um, from Coach Kev, um, you know Coach Kerry's twin, and I was just like in shock, man, and it was like it was heartbreaking and, and to, to really hear how severe it was. And then you see like the pictures and stuff like that was, was just so like concerning. And then, you know, after we started getting more updates and, and things like that, like we, you know, heard that he was doing better and stuff like that. Um, you know, it, it got a little bit easier. Um, but, you know, from a coaching perspective, you know, after that, it was like, all right, like, you know what I mean? Cause we're like three, four weeks away from the season uh, or, you know, when practices start and it's, you know, our our open gyms had stopped for like a week or two after it happened. I think it was like a week that, afterwards, you know, to give everybody time to kind of cope with it and things like that. Um, and then we kind of we kind of had to get back to it. So, you know, for like the next like two, three weeks, you know, I'm, I'm running open gyms like by myself for the first time, um, you know, just to kind of keep the program going. And like, that isn't, isn't nearly as hard, you know what I mean? As, as you might think it is, you know what I mean? Or, you know, as complicated. I don't, I don't think that was too difficult because you're just kind of like doing skill work and introducing offenses and stuff. The real difficult part is like, then like when you become the contact point for everybody, like cause no, cause there was so much uncertainty. We didn't know when, when you were coming back. So like, boosters like are messaging me about like (laughs) about shooting shirts and and stuff like that that goes into being the head coach and i'm just like dang man i never realized the non-basketball aspect of carrie's job you know what i mean before and now like all this stuff is like hitting me or, or falling to me and i'm just like dude i don't even know you know what I mean? I don't even know how to answer any of this because I don't know if I'm even going to be, you know, it, stepping in for how long we you know, I mean, there was so much uncertainty. I was just like, so I was just like, let's just like, let's hold off. You know what I mean? Let's just, you know, wait a bit, little bit. Let's get some more updates, see what's, you know, going on. Um, you know, cause, cause we can figure that, that kind of stuff out later. Like right now, You know, is we we just need to just focus on, you know, keeping these guys in the gym and getting them ready for the season and then focus on coach's health, letting him get back to health. And then, you know, he can let us know where he's at when he's ready. Um, You know, and luckily, you know, he was able to I think by the time we had our last open gym, he was there, um, you know, in a back brace and all. And, you know, but and and nobody even expected him to come. It it was it was kind of crazy you know, he, that he showed up, and but he wanted to be there simply because, you know, he has a love for the game and for the kids. He wanted to show, like, everybody that he was still going to be there for him, um, and I think that kind of, like, that kind of rallied us before the season started and got everything organized and, like, okay, like, you know, coach is, coach is good enough to fight through it, you know what I mean, and we're at least healthy enough to to push through it, and we had, our, you know, we had some struggles, um, you know, just trying to, you know, keep coach from, overdoing it. Me and, me and Dale had to, had to tell him all the time, but um, you know, it was, it was good to have him back. And, and then to have the season that we had this year coming off of that, um, you know, it was, it was a true success story. Um, and, you know, now we get the opportunity to come into, you know, this year, you know, and now we have a, we have a different struggle with a, a global pandemic. I was going to say, right. assuming you have. Like. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, you know, it's, it's, there's always obstacles, but, like, if last year taught us anything, you know what I mean, this is this is nothing that we can't handle, so.
2: Right. Yeah, I think um, everything that took place kind of, you know, kind of prepared us for what we're going through now, man, with just, you know, some uncertainty, things a little unstable. And um, it was tough. It was tough. I mean, like, Coop, I know you know uh, just even, you know, from – Physical stuff aside, just uh, mentally, where I was at, my memory was yeah. bad, and I still, I still have my moments from the accident. Um, but you know, it was just I, c- I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember things. Uh, no matter what it was, yeah. even basic yeah. sideline out of bounds plays that I've learned for the last <laughs> seven yeah. years. Yeah, right. like, it was, um, it was. I, I was in, the, I was, I was in yeah. bad shape for a while. I was in bad shape for a while, man. Um, couldn't remember. You know, offensive sets or systems, things defensively. Um, it was just a whole bunch. Certain things I would miss off of the scouting report, so I would always reach out to Coop and um, Coach King, and, and you know, just when I started taking a bunch of notes, even I still have a bunch of notes in my phone. Um, I would just take tons of notes and put and put them down in my phone, just because I knew at some point I would be forgetting things, and I, I didn't want to just I didn't want to overlook anything. So
0: it was tough. Yeah, I, I just from this article. There's a picture of your car after the, the accident.
1: It really is a miracle you even made it out. That's right? the that was the scariest thing. Yeah. about it was seeing those pictures. I almost wish that they didn't show it to us. Right. <laughs> so let's uh, let's kind of talk about what happened last
0: season. Did you guys get to finish your season before the COVID or you just finished, in time? Right? We was, we did the,
2: the season actually stopped like a, um, we lost our first round state game. And okay. um, the season got shut down that, that, following, that, that following week, actually. Wow.
0: Yeah. So it was a successful season, though, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. It um, yeah. didn't turn out the way that we, you know, we wanted to. Of course, you want to you know, win districts and still, you know, win first-round states to be able to advance. But it was um something that we still had a pretty young ball club this year. And it was something that they were able to uh, learn from and, um, and grow from. You know, just something to build on yeah
1: oh. yeah, I mean, we still only had three seniors, even though like most of our guys came back with much more varsity experience, um but we still only had three seniors um and you know, but we were still able to win our first section title since two thousand eight, so first time in the decade that Columbia's won the section, um and we went undefeated doing it, so there's still there's something to say to that um and you know a district semifinal. Uh, you know, is, is nothing to sneeze at either. So uh, it certainly was – I'd certainly consider it a success.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it was to see the community get behind us and, and show support and things like that. Uh, it was huge, man, especially for the young guys that's coming up. It gave, yeah. it, gave them something to, um, you know, look forward to and, and to stay committed because, you know, one thing I've learned in these four years here at Columbia was it's just always – it's a transition town. You know, from coaches to student athletes, uh, to even administration. Um, yeah. I think now, I think now, my four years here, I'm working with my third uh, athletic director. Um, mm. We always have players who uh, come in and they're for a couple of months or maybe one school year. Next thing you know, they're going. We're working with them in the off season. By the time tryouts come they're going. So we're like, Oh, what happened to such and such who would have been a big piece for our program, especially right. with the small numbers that we have. But, um, you know, for one reason or another, things just change. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, to deal with and move on.
0: So, um, also I was looking at the, the max preps, there's a Kerry Glover on the team. Is that your son or that was just who was in the
2: background. Yeah, that's my, yeah, that's, that's son. my son. That's who. Yeah, he's right here in the background.
0: What? Uh, and I, and I saw that. I asked <laughs> went, There's a little uh little recruiting video of him. He's pretty nice. What has that been like coaching your son?
2: Um. Uh, I don't know, man. He's all right, man. i, just, I still <laughs> like that. He's a scrub. Who, who knows how still man, um, but the, um, he does. He does a. He does a. He does a pretty good job. His first year was um was a little different. Last year was a little rough, just because the expectations that not just that I have on him, but that I have a, as a starter for a varsity program and right. the point guard. You're the engine for the machine. Um, so he had to get used to that. He played for me. I don't know pretty much every year since the third grade and youth mm. league, things like that, but varsity basketball is just different. So he had, you know, 14 years old, ninth grade, starting varsity, and his skill was there, but mentally he needed to grow a little bit. Emotionally, sure. he needed to mature, and, um, you know, physically, he was able to stay afloat. So, you know, mm-hmm. going into this past season, after his freshman year, it was about being able to you know be a little superior physically and not just stay afloat and um one thing that helped him out a lot uh i think that was the um the blessing in disguise from that was my accident because mm. um uh, off the court he had to step up he had to step up and now be the man of the house he had to help take care of his younger siblings he had to you know do things and him seeing me in the hospital in the condition that I was in was a shock was a shocker for him because dad was like Superman he never saw me like that so seeing me in the hospital bed and I can't move can't lift up can't walk you know everybody has to do everything for me from feeding me to me using the bathroom um, it was just different for him but it helped him mature so this year it made the uh, the correction and and, and, you know when you got to get on him because even if it isn't what something that he's doing wrong he's one of the captains one of the leaders so he got to get it just like everybody else yeah it helped him it helped him take that and receive that in a whole better form and fashion you could just see the maturity
1: yeah and you know as someone who's who's been able to coach him for the last couple of years as well um, I think like this year was just from like the first half of the season versus the second half was like the biggest leap in growth that we've seen from like anyone in the program in in one like in the middle of a, the same season. Because um, at the, like early on he was hovering around like ten points a game, um, and then like down the stretch, you know, he uh, something clicked. You know, as far as him mentally figuring it out, and he was at like fifteen. Uh, he was averaging like seven or eight boards from the point guard spot um for that for that stretch. He finished the season averaging like 13, five and five, something like that. Let us in steals, led us in assists. Um so you know, he was he was a key for us. And it was really about him. I think his biggest, you know, thing that he'll still have to continue is like finding that when to be the killer. You know what I mean? And he's a he's a true natural like point guard at heart. And I understand that because that's what I was growing up. You know, that's I think that's just natural for any coach's son is because, you know, the game so well, you know what I mean? That's that's kind of how you you approach it. Um, But then, you know, there's times where he'll have to learn like, okay, these, you know, my guys aren't hitting. I got to go. You know what I mean? I got to be the go to guy until these guys get going. You know what I mean? Instead of and, and step into the score role instead of facilitator. And that is hard to grasp that. Like, I'm not going to lie. I probably I don't think I figured it out until my junior or senior year either. Um, you know, so I think this the sooner that that clicks, it's gonna It's really going to be over. It's going to be scary.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um and, I mean he has it you know he has he has those those different qualities and, and skills are part of his game mm-hmm. um but it's just it's up to him you know yeah. it's up to him and I've, I've never I've never put pressure on him um you know to you gotta go out and you gotta you gotta score 20 25 points a night and things like that just like i just the only thing I've, I've ever wanted for him was just to have fun just yeah, have fun yeah. and, and enjoy doing what you what you love to do. Everything else, as long as you work hard, everything else will follow suit. And um, you know, he took he he took heed to that and uh honestly he just um he 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 hit that little that little that little curve where um mm-hmm. he just you know he, he turned it and then the rest of the season, I mean he really was our, our most consistent player um for especially the second half of the season for sure. And, um, you know, his teammates and – and he still was able to keep his teammates involved. Um, you know, he's, he could easily score more points, but he does – you know, it fit, he gets in where he fits in, but he also yeah. makes sure that he's able to get other guys involved because he, he understands um, how important it is to win. He could, you know, average 25, 30 points and your team has five, six wins. Right. Doesn't, doesn't yeah. make it – It so, means yeah. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It, mean, it, it means absolutely zero, and it's not memorable. And, I, you know, I, I want him to have four years that he can remember. And I, yeah, that's, always yeah. been, that's always been my, my biggest thing for him. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so um, we're going we're gonna to wrap this up here, Coach. We appreciate you taking the time. I just want to – one more thing. I, I always ask coaches, uh, and it's something that I used to do when I was coaching for a little bit, what, you know, if we're at practice, it's over at 5 o'clock. And there's an NBA game on tonight. What guy in the NBA, and especially with the NBA coming back, who, who do you kind of say, like, tell your players, like, hey, go watch this guy. He, he knows how to play. You can learn a lot from watching his game and incorporate it in your own. Uh, I know for me it was always, you know, I like the, the Warriors offense in their time, the Spurs offense. And then in college i was um, always like UConn. I was watching them with their motion offense. Is there anybody like that that you kind of lead your players to watch more?
2: Well, my my players, uh, <laughs> anybody, Any, right. anybody, anybody, right. and <laughs> everybody, man. Because I just tell those guys they have to, um, they, they got to spend more time around the game of basketball and yeah. more time watching basketball. It's just you know they they just don't do enough of it in the off season. So I, I encourage them to watch anybody. Me myself personally as a coach, um, I I love uh, I'm a co- I'm a huge I'm a Coach K fanatic. I, yep. l- I love Duke. Um I-, I really enjoy watching Coach K. Um I like I like I like uh Brad Stevens. Yeah. Um what he, yeah, what he, uh, his quick hitters is um probably the best in the NBA right now. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. His, yeah. His, his his quick hitters and his secondary offense is, is amazing
1: right. to watch. I
2: that love, I love watching that, yeah. man. Yeah. I I just love watching it. Um, you know, and Anybody that knows me knows um, I've always been a Kobe fanatic. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's nothing like watching the mom, but that's that's who my son grew up watching, and you know, I even to this day I I still find stuff to just watch, and you know, just even honestly listen to his interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, you can you can just learn just his wisdom and the way he speaks about the the game of basketball. Um, it just flows out effortlessly, and he you, you can tell. He knows his he knows his stuff. He he takes that time and really understands it. And you know, that's the mamba, man. So yeah, I've all yeah. I've always and I always will just continue to watch that.
1: So one more thing uh before we let you go. I, I wanted to give you a chance to talk about Enterprise, um, you know, the new uh business that you just started up for, you know, trainings, tournaments and, and camps and things like that. Um so talk a bit a little bit about your your goals there, like what, what the mission of the company is and, and things you got coming up.
2: Um yeah, it's um I've I've had uh I had a LLC a few years ago which I started a um a youth summer league in York called Summer Saints. Um that, that company was called Takes a Village. Um mm-hmm. of course behind the whole It Takes a Village um right. theme and, and mindset which I was trying to help usher these young people in in York city and the the surrounding areas into this, to keep them away from the streets and and things like that. Just try to help them reach their full potential. So I I do a lot of different, uh, a lot of different things. I've worked in the school system for 14 years and uh, last year in May, I actually just hit my one year anniversary. Um, I had a career change to, where I, I started working with uh, real estate with um, a good friend of mine, Eric Brewer, and his company, uh, CR Property Group, Integrity First Homebuyers. So um, just doing all of that, uh, I've still, I'm, I, as I said earlier, it's, it's hard for me not to be heavily involved. So, yeah. um, you know, I just always had my own, my own passion and dreams to do my own thing. And I just felt like, you know, during this whole quarantine, I just been, um, you know, I, I finished up my real estate classes. So now I'm just waiting to take my my test to get my license to be a licensed realtor. Because right now all I do is the, the cash buying, the cash offers for buying, excuse me, buying properties. But, um, you know, so I, I, I'm waiting on that. Uh, I want to get that completed. Um, and uh, um, I brought my summer league back. Um, if it's nothing, it's nothing going on for these kids right now. So it's, it's definitely needed, and I just want to do, you know, some um, some some coaching clinics and things like that, and have other coaches come in to where uh, I can kind of make my mark, um, yeah. so to say, with the next generation of players and coaches from Central PA and the you know the surrounding areas. Because for me, it was always, you know, I had uh, uh, I said I talked about him earlier, Kirk Smallwood from Harrisburg. Uh Coach Smalls, is, um, he's somebody who uh, before any coaching decision, that I'm, I always reach out to him. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a big game coming up and it's just something I can't figure out, I'll reach out to him. And he's like, no no problem, young buck. I got you. I got mm-hmm. you. Give me a call. Give me a call. Shoot me a text. Send me a link to the film, whatever. And, um, you know, I just always lean on him. But uh, there's not too many Kirk Smallwoods that's still around. Um, You know, you had uh, Rodney Washington, who was a mentor to to many. There's not too many Rodney Washingtons around. Um, You know, so just, uh, yeah, you know, rest rest in peace, uh, Coach Rod, man. Um, Just a guy who was able to make an imprint on, honestly, like three generations of players. Mm -hmm. Um, Three, you know, just coaching across three decades is, uh, is huge you know, most guys may be in it for a couple of years and they get their feet wet and then they're on to the next thing. Yeah. Um, and, and especially if they haven't gone to the school level. It's hard to see somebody stay in youth leagues and summer leagues and inner city leagues and AAU that long and never transition into the school ball. Because most guys, um, when they get a school job, they forget about the rest. So that's something that I've always, um, you know, made sure for myself – no matter what level I'm at, I still I still keep myself involved with one or two youth programs, even if it's just doing a little small little pop up clinic for them at the beginning of the season, or just yeah. popping up to the games and encouraging them. Or um, and if not that, still still keeping my, my, my myself connected
1: to mm-hmm. the younger
2: levels um, through AAU. That's why it's, it's just hard for me to give up AAU because I I just always <laughs> told myself I just always told myself I was going to stay connected no matter what. In some way, shape, or form, um, because of guys, because of guys like that, honestly. Um, So you know, it was just um, something that I I was like, you know what? During this whole quarantine, the shutdown, it was a lot of brainstorming. I said, you know what? I might as well just start this to bring it all underneath one umbrella, and I can, you know, I can. I can do my real estate out of it. I can do my coaching clinics. I can do my summer leagues. I can do my motivational speaking, going back into the schools and things like that. Just, you know, just bring it just that way. It just it has some type of um, structure to it. And I'm not yeah. just because I'm a person who, uh, Cooper, tell you, I feel like I can do so many different things. It sounds and, like it. <laughs> yeah. I, I And, I, and I, I run myself crazy because it's. Yeah. This is over here in York. This is in Lancaster. This is in Columbia. I'm doing this at this school. I'm coaching here at this school. I got AAU at the Nook, and we got over you know, 300, 400 kids in the pro. So it was just time for me to just to slow down a little bit, bring it all together, and give it some structure. That way I'm not burning myself out. And I don't have to do everything. I can just provide the opportunity for somebody else who's up and coming.
0: That's, That's awesome, man. man. Yeah, it's great work that you do. Um, you know, keep it up. Um, you know, I, from everything Cube tells me, you know, he speaks very highly of you. I'm highly respected, um, from I think, by everybody in that community, certainly for everything it. you do. Um, so, yeah, man, hey, we really appreciate you coming on. It's, it's been a really good conversation. I hope you had fun.
2: I appreciate you guys, man. Thanks for, uh, you know, giving me the opportunity, man. For real, I appreciate it.
1: Yeah. NBA coming back. Real quick, before we let you go, who's winning the title?
2: Oh. <laughs> Lake Show, man. <laughs> oh, you know, I like it. I, I it. like it. I <laughs> knew it. You know that. All right, man. I'll see you all later. So all right, coach. man. Thanks, Coach. Right. Yeah, thank you. All right.
1: Well, that is Columbia head coach, Carrie Glover, uh, also the uh, boys basketball director for the uh, Spooky Nook Raiders program as well. Um, as you can see, one of the best coaches in the area, um, you know, a guy I certainly look up to and happy to have, happy to be a part of his staff. Um, you know, so great stuff, man. He's got a lot going on. Yeah, dude. Sounds like a great guy. Uh,
0: I really enjoyed that conversation. Um, cool story. Clearly he's got a lot going on, you know, he's got his hands in a lot of different pots. So, uh, but good for him. And yeah, he clearly is having a really positive impact on his community.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man. And, uh, you know, for us going on, some, we got some other announcements you obviously oh, yeah. we talked about earlier in the show. Uh, some things that we have going on but the All In Network, um, for those of you who have been following on social media, thank you. But for those who may have missed out, uh, we added a new podcast to the network called the All In with Rain and Bliss podcast um, by uh, Crystal Thomas and uh, her friend Miranda as well uh, will be co-hosting that um, they will be having their first episode June 16th, uh, a couple weeks from now. Um, so make sure you guys follow them on Twitter. Uh, you can go to the All In Network page and find their at name um, and stuff like that, and and more information about them. But um, stay tuned for trailers and and some snippets of you know some of the things they're going to be doing on their podcast. It's going to be it's going to be interesting. I can tell you that.
0: Yeah, so their slogan is "What women are really thinking." So, so women and men alike, you might want to tune in for this one. To, to,
1: yeah, to hear Holly, Holly told me she specifically wants me to listen for some reason. Yeah, right. right she right, said right, I right. might learn something. So I'm I'll, not I'll even telling my wife. I'll tune in. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So. Now we're super excited, and they're going to have their own feed on Apple, Spotify, everywhere you can find our podcast. They'll have their own feed. Um, it'll be the All In with Rain and Bliss like Eli said, their stuff is also going to be on YouTube where they're going to be doing this like us. That'll be on the same feed. That's all going to be on the all-in network feed. Um, They have their own Twitter, their own IG. Make sure you're following them. Their first episode is June 16th and we are beyond excited to uh, have them join the network.
1: For sure. Yeah. And you know, anyone else who is, like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, anyone else who's interested in, in joining and um, you know whether it's writing doing a podcast um, or any other creative you know media ideas that you have it doesn't have to be limited to that Um, yeah. you know let us know we're we're here to help give people a platform so um, you know appreciate you guys tuning in we're 10 episodes in now it's getting getting rolling so mm-hmm. we appreciate all the support so far yep absolutely man so all right let's wrap this one up
0: this was episode 10 all in podcast we'll be back guys
1: see you guys